Today on the podcast, we've got Trayvon Barnes. He's a former college basketball player at Hampton. He'd actually reached out to me through Instagram and said, hey, I got some questions about branding, marketing. He's got his own platform he's working on from a, it's called More to the Game. And it's, he basically wants to become the uninterrupted of not well-known athletes, non-celebrity athletes. So I asked, wanted to ask some questions. We said, screw it, let's do it. So let's do it on a podcast form. He had like eight questions. Let's do podcast form. We'll answer, have an open conversation. We'll go from there. Here's Trayvon. Trayvon, what is up? Appreciate you uh, reaching out to me on Instagram. Uh, happy to have a conversation. I, you had a handful of those questions you laid out. I said, let's just do it on a podcast form. It would make more sense that way. And initially you wanted to do it on your platform, more to the game. But uh, I know you're, you're pulling back and do some different things there. So let's do it on our platform, the Business and BS Podcast. It's great, man. I'm glad to be a part of this. Uh, I love you guys' content. I saw, it on, I saw you on Twitter and then I saw it on Instagram. I'm okay. like, wow, can you believe this, uh, this platform is not like you know, a million followers already. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, grateful to be on. And I look forward to the conversation for sure. Of course, appreciate you. Like I said, appreciate you reaching out. I think it's, you know, uh, from an athlete's perspective, you're at Hampton, you're not at uh, Duke, you're not at, uh, you know, the biggest schools, football, basketball in the country, but there's still tons of opportunity at a place like Hampton, tons of opportunity. Uh, you know, we played at small schools where it played MAC football and then Division II football. There's so much opportunity within that, it, more than just the sport. And you were obviously way better than, than we are where you had pro opportunity. We did not and would not have, but even just from the, the opportunity to be an athlete on a college campus and what that means for you moving forward, whether it's connections, networking, and now with the new branding, all that stuff that'll happen, but even just connections, I think it's it's such a, a major opportunity and advantage for an athlete as opposed to any other student. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. definitely agree with you. I feel like as an athlete, you're sort of like, um, it's sort of like the leader of your own individual community. Like you have, you know, your school community, you have those student leaders, but I think that people look up to athletes even more because that's something they can identify with and see more on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, you guys are the face of campus. I mean, you're the face of the campus. Depending on, I guess there's some schools that like Alabama football, Nick Saban can be a part of that, but 99% of the faces of the campus are from athletes that are playing on campus. Very rarely is it, a coach that outshines or a, a president or a professor or just a regular student. It's always the athletes that are kind of the face of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, unless you're talking about like some of those guys like Nick Saban or whatever, like it's always the athletes. And like, especially with the social media age, like those are the people that people can come in contact with the easiest, you know, yep. older guys, you know, you can't just reach out to them through Instagram, follow their story. So like the athletes are definitely someone that the people can reach. Yeah, for sure. So you started more to the game as a platform, basically just, and I know you, the way you worded it was, was uh, uninterrupted for non-athletes or non-celebrities. What made you want to do that? And what, what's your goal yes. with that whole thing? Yeah, so um, like, like you said earlier, I, was, I got the opportunity to play basketball professionally, but I got hurt eight days into my career. And then I realized there were so many things the athletes uh, weren't prepared for, and they, you know, they needed a platform, you know, for themselves to look up to. You know, I, I love Unerup, I love LeBron, love everything he's doing, but that platform is just not reachable for somebody like me or you. So yeah. I felt like most of the game could could help the everyday athlete 
and teach every athlete things that can help them in their life, and not just on the court or on the field. So that's really the main focus is like being able to prepare people and empower people and educate people for life. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. How long have you been doing that? Did you start that in when you were pro or did you start that in college? How long have you been doing it? So I just started in January. Like the idea okay. came right after my injury, which happened uh, August 28th on my mother's birthday. And I had my surgery and everything back in my, uh, my, my school, Hampton. And uh, I was able to, to get it started by using some of the equipment at the university because I was there rehabbing and using their facilities. Oh. So I, I didn't get a chance to start until January, though, because of, uh, I wasn't really able to move around like I wanted to. So I started the platform in January. So now we're at, what, like five months in? And uh, the first video did a thousand views. I had no idea it would. <laughs> and I, uh, I was very encouraged from that. And now I'm just trying to grow it and get all different types of content you know, out there. So I haven't been doing it too long. I'm, but I'm definitely in the process of growing it and expanding the content and just trying to be, trying to make this as big as possible because I want this to be, just like I said, the uninterruptible for the everyday I do. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you filming, creating your own content? Do you have somebody else doing that? Do you have a team or, or people helping you with this or? So when I went back to Hampton for my rehab and everything, uh, the first video I had help with a guy who was uh, one of my former teammates on the basketball team. He recorded it and uh, edited it. And I used another guy for like the second and third videos. But after that, it's basically just been me editing it and, uh, and creating all the content. But I have a group of people uh, from Hampton that I work with uh, to help me promote it and to try to get them on the content. I use some, uh, some of my friends from Hampton uh, in the videos. But now, excuse me. But now I'm trying to uh, reach out to get others involved at different schools or at different avenues, different sports, just all over. So uh, right now it's basically just me producing and creating everything. But I wanted, I, I want to take a step back and empower others to have others, you know, being the main focus of the content. Yeah, but you can. I mean, you can even do that. Like this is, you know, it's this is our platform, but you know, you're the content today. So like we're giving you the platform, I guess would be like, it's the same type of thing. You could be doing this conversation wise. You could be the focus, the, the you know, the, the lead dancer of it. The lead dancer, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. but, I don't know. But I mean, you know what I'm saying though, that's not the right verbiage, but like, you know, you're the lead of the dance is probably the way to say it. But also have other people come on and, and talk, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely how it is right now. I feel like yeah, yeah. I just I just want to get different types of content out, and I just feel like there are other people that can you know sort of like serve that you know serve that better. Like I use my one of my closest friends. Uh, he's playing professionally overseas. What he was before the shutdown, and I used this uh, because I was able to. I used him as the person that I wanted to cover, like the the vlog series of being a professional athlete overseas. And then with my upcoming content with the uh, with the podcast, there was this guy. He's uh, my best friend. He's very knowledgeable on podcasts. He has a lot of things that he's passionate about, and I wanted to use him, you know, as the lead host for that. So it's sort of like I, obviously, you know, it's my channel, and I'm the focus, you know, that people will know. But I just want to use it as a as a way to empower others as well, because you know, like an athlete, like being an athlete, you know, teamwork is everything. And I love working with others. Yeah, that's good. I dig it. I'm into it. I, I think there's, I like that you're young in the game too and doing it. It's not like you're 35 and like you have some huge following. You know, this is something that you've 
started right out of college essentially you know i know it was a little bit of time but essentially mm-hmm. right then and understanding there is much more to what's going on and that leads into what we've been talking a ton about with the new name image likeness stuff which we think is going to be just so massive you know whether you're at duke or north carolina or you're at howard or you're at a division two school there's opportunities there's levels to it but there's opportunities in all of those yeah, definitely. Um, I wish I could have been, you know, profiting off my likeness. I don't know how much it would have actually made, but uh, being a college athlete, you're doing so much, but you can't really make any money. It definitely makes it hard. There are some nights where, you know, you, you don't want to spend any money or have too much to spend, but the cap is closed. So, like, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of good opportunities coming for the next athletes. I'm definitely happy for them. I'm not hating on them at all. I wish, yeah. you know, we could have got it, but I'm definitely hoping for the future. Yeah. I think it's going to be huge. Think about like where you're at. You're at Howard. Big HBCU. Uh, there's lots of, even just like, think of just like rap songs. How many people mention Howard? How many people want to be associated with Howard? When you look at like black empowerment and all these other things going on socially today, Howard is the, the most well, is it probably the most well-known HBCU. Uh, there's lots of people that would want to be a part of an athlete on that campus. I think that's super, super valuable. Now you're not getting 30,000 to a game. I don't know what your guys' attendance is like, but it's not like, well, Duke doesn't have that big of an attendance. There's just whatever, 6,500 6, crazy people. But it's not because of that where the value is. The value is because of the name brand and then you being an athlete on campus. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to Hampton. You know, him. similar to how I said, I said, I did say I wasn't going to interrupt him, but yeah, why didn't you interrupt? He was, he was flowing too much. And yeah, I wasn't going to interrupt him either. Well, see, I was just, the problem is I was just thinking about Howard. Hampton's not that, but you should have just stopped me. You were flowing. You were a good flow. But it didn't make sense as much then. There's still, take a small percentage of what I said then. It still, it still flows. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Hampton guy, so obviously it's a rivalry between us and Howard. Yeah. But definitely, like, they're like the mainstream HBCU. Like, yeah. you know, P. Diddy, I think uh, his son either went there or, like, comes there or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I think Drake did those there. Like, they're like the mainstream HBCU. Yeah. So it's no hate or whatever. I know Howard, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there, even though Hampton is a lot better in sports. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel like it's going to be so many different avenues for those guys that wouldn't have any other way to make money to capitalize on that and the brand. Yeah, I mean, you could have started this, if this is a year down the road, you could have started this platform in college and generated money from it. Yeah, I think about that. I mean, I don't, you know, my, my focus isn't necessarily on the money. I have other ways that I plan on making money, but I definitely, uh, I definitely feel like if I do generate money uh, in the future, that I want to be able to hire people that, you know, can't make that money or they don't have their own platform so I can put it sort of back into their hands, you know. Sure. I dig that. Uh, looking at some of the stuff that you had sent over to me, I know one thing you said, you think there's a the, the virus made the market oversaturated for content creators. Will it go back? I don't, what do you think? I don't think so. I think the good people stand out from a content perspective. Yeah, I think if, if, if anything, the appetite for content is higher and I think it'll spark more creativeness of how we how we uh, receive the content basically. So there's gonna be more OTT platforms, more apps, integrated apps. I think it's just gonna spark the creativeness of how we consume all that yeah. you know, abundance of content. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. Or even just like YouTube channels, uh, whereas lots of people either didn't have a YouTube channel or 
they weren't or people weren't consuming as much on YouTube. That's way up. There's monetization right there. Uh, Instagram, more Instagram lives, uh, which there's a gazillion Instagram lives. There's not as much now, which I think is good. I think that was like the one place where you saw, all right, there's 15 people I follow on Instagram live right now. That never happens. That's come down a little bit. But but I also think if you're if you're good and you're putting out good stuff, the content is the content. People like it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Instagram realized that too, and I think just the way that they had it laid out for the live isn't really great. Um, but I think that they'll be making tweaks to that live either too, just to like to accommodate more of like the influx of content too, just because it wasn't a great layout. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think uh, I guess I was more talking about so many people that I I follow had started brands. I I can, I can think of like five people that I follow on Instagram. They were launching their brand throughout this you know quarantine oh, yeah? and everything. So I, I sort of felt like uh, for my own like following, I guess because uh, it's sort of like a niche following of HBCU people that had the people that uh, that I, I guess I was referring to. It seemed like everyone was starting something. And just seeing like every day, like somebody was promoting something on my timeline. So I guess that was more just a personal feeling that uh, that I got. But I definitely feel like uh, that it's sort of like I guess natural selection will happen where only the best content creator will survive through this. So I guess either way, it's going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm think about like you know people get hot on stuff and they get bored and they try stuff. People who you know might do it for over the next four to six weeks or whatever just because they're bored and wanted to try something. If they don't really love it, and don't have passion behind it, they're not going to drive or, through it anyways. Yeah, or, or they might love it, and might have passion, but just aren't good at that shit. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's always people. When you're your age, there's always people coming out with a brand. They got this new thing. <laughs> they got this, you know, it's just, that's just what happens. And then you see five years down the line, 98% of them don't succeed because they don't know how to actually do it and how to build a business and how to sell things on social. Like we just, we just got off the phone with a college coach. Uh, to, to work with the program a minute ago and just talking about how how you know a, a college kid you've never done a deal in your life you never signed a contract mm-hmm. you've never pitched a social media concept you've never so like when you're at that point in a career 99% of people don't understand how to create more than just an Instagram post or a tweet or an IG live but make it a whole business and that's where I think the advantage can be especially for someone like you who seems to to get like the the overhaul overall of it. Yeah, um, and I was fortunate to be able to choose a business major as I did finance. So I definitely uh, mm. I definitely look at look at it from a different perspective. I understand like there are different segments to to what I'm doing. I understand there's marketing, there's the operations, there's you know there's, you have to have your balance sheet intact for the things you're investing into your your brand. Yeah. So I definitely uh, I feel like I understand it you know more than the average person would my age or within my in my room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even I would have had no idea what a dump to start a business or to grow a brand. I would have no idea at that age. I'd have no idea at 28. You know, I was still coaching. I was a grad assistant at 26, I think, still uh, college coaching. So, like, yeah, I wouldn't have known how to do that stuff. And maybe you would have, you were a little ahead of me in that. But just from starting it and knowing how to do it and then knowing how to succeed and to do it on social media is a different, a different uh, avenue, even. Yeah, uh, and th- and that's another thing that I want to do uh, on my on, with my platform is sort of like teach people you know these things that you probably wouldn't get just by you know being just a regular athlete going through college and then going on to whatever you're gonna do after that. Like teaching the business behind certain things so they can capitalize on that, understand that, and being able to teach them things for just for their own personal life with personal finance and stuff. 
But I feel like as an athlete, when you grow up through the athlete system, you're, you have a one-track mind. So everything you do is just sports and fun, sports and fun. And then when the real world hits, you're so unprepared. All you all you know is how to be an athlete. So there's so many yeah. other things and so many other things to the game, you know, that you need to know. Yeah, 100%. Even when we talk to pro athletes, because we've never worked with a college athlete until, you know, we're about to do that. We've worked with pro athletes, and there's 30-year-old pro athletes, there's 35-year-old pro athletes who don't understand anything business-wise. There's, there's athletes who've, who've had million-dollar deals and don't know how to do anything business-wise. So you're, you're right, and we know, even when we talk to athletes about branding and whatnot, a lot of it is, you know, I want to focus on, I don't want to focus on my brand, I want to be focused on my playing. I got my, you know, I only got so many years to make money in the game and blah, blah, blah. Whereas we see it as, obviously that's a, a major component, that's where you make, most people make most of their money that way. But we see it as a tool for all the other stuff. That's your platform. You get in a car accident today when you leave practice, your career could be over. You know, it's as simple as that. And it happens, you know, to a lot of people where they injuries ended or, you know, you get cut and you just never make it back on a team or someone like you, obviously you got hurt. You thought you were going to go have a, a career pro, a long pro career. And maybe, I don't know if you still want to get back into it, but whatever you thought was going to happen didn't happen. <coughs> Oh, we lost you. Right? Oh, my bad, guys. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Are you Are you planning to get back in? Into Are you planning to get back playing? Yeah. So this whole year basically has been me just rehabbing to get back on the court. Um, close. I got like probably like two more months left to my ACL rehab. So cool. um, yeah, I'm gonna be leaving my hometown Alabama to get back up to Virginia so I can uh, use the happy facilities to be, get back working out with the trainers and back on the court. You know, being able to play against uh, some good competition. So yeah, that's my that's my goal, like uh, to get back to overseas. Like, but by throughout this whole time, I'm still working on things to be put in place for after when my career is over. Because the injury showed me they can happen just like that. Yeah. Because before that injury, I really had no injuries. Like, I played every, like outside of my freshman year when I wasn't playing, not for injury reasons, just for not being able to play every game, like not being good enough yet. I never had an injury at all. I played every single game, and then literally like eight days into my first professional training camp, you know, I got a season injury. So it, it's been taken away just like that, no matter, you know, what your history is. So I'm, I'm definitely focused on my playing career, but I'm, I'm even more focused on what's after because it happened so fast. I love that. I love yeah. that. Most people don't have that mindset, especially going into it. And I know, I, I don't know what your deal looked like, but especially when you're talking NBA, NFL, and they're making millions off the jump, they're thinking, I'm going to make millions forever. You know, they're not thinking... Yeah. Oh shit! I, I better start understanding my business and finances, and not start paying for everybody's shit. And they're already they're, yeah. they don't have that mindset, which is huge that you're there already, thinking towards the future. Yeah, I got to. Like, I feel like if I if I went to college and I majored in finance, and I didn't understand how to manage my finances or how to you know manage my my money period for my brand, I feel like it'd be a waste. So I got that free that free ride for no reason. So I definitely feel like. I, like it's sort of my responsibility to be responsible with my finances and my brand and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I almost feel like you, you just talking about that. Like I almost feel like it should be, maybe it is now, I'm not sure, I'm out of the game for a second, but like all athletes have to take some type of course no. or some kind of, type of program on finances and or whatnot uh, to have that structure at least. Yeah, I, I, I think that should definitely be something that, that should happen. But I feel like it's not going to happen, just like how in the you know, regular school system, finances are tough. You know, yeah. you got to go to college and, you know, take those classes. That's why, you know, I want to bring that content to my, my platform 
because I feel like athletes definitely need to be on top of this because they come in contact with so much money, uh, especially they go pro or just now with the lightness uh, rules changing. Yep. But they need to be understand these things. So I definitely like that's that's like one of my biggest goals with my channel, my platform is to teach athletes about personal finance and brand building and business because you're not gonna just find that you know just going about like regularly. So that's definitely something I want to do. Yeah, and that's sort of like what I've been been looking forward to the most. Cause that's sort of, that's sort of like the reason I, I started the channel. At like first, the channel name is going to be Business Athlete. It's just going to be teaching athletes about things about business. Then I realized there's other things that I still, you know, I wanted to put out too. So I tried to make it a broader, a broader spectrum, I guess, and have that be like one of the biggest uh, pieces of my content. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to getting getting a chance to do that this summer because I'm moving back to Virginia. I have a better setup to be able to create my content. I'll be around more people to get used to that content. So uh, my business athlete segment is definitely going to be something I'm looking forward to. I dig it. And, you know, where you are and what you do and being an athlete, being like just out of college, you can reach out to so many people that will, that will respond to you and say, yes, you know, here, here's what I want to do. I want to work with, uh, you know, guys that just, maybe you, you reach out to a handful of rookies or, or it's vets for a session or whatever, but you reach out to a specific segment in the NBA or other, other pro sports or overseas and say, here's what I want to do. We'd love to have your help. My platform is to help other athletes who are younger. And I'm sure that you'll get a ton of people that are like, yeah, I'll do it. Let me do it. You know, especially with now everyone's so used to Zoom calls. You know, this is such an yeah. easy thing to set up and do. Yeah, I would, I mean, I kind of agree with you, like I can't do that, but through my actual trial and error, I was very surprised uh, to find out that a lot of people kind of didn't want to, you know, work with me. And I, I, really? I'm not okay. sure, you know, how, how I reached out to them because, like, just like I was DM you, you know, I, I explained what exactly what I was doing. Yeah. But a lot of people they really weren't that receptive to it. They they push it off. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of how I did it, but uh, I definitely reached out. To some people that I'm going to work with in the future, but the majority of the people do either not respond or say no. So maybe I just ask you guys, like, do you have any suggestions on how you would reach out to somebody or DM someone about how to work with them? Yeah. I mean, you gonna say something? Go ahead. Yeah, no, there's there's several tactics. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you know, you know, obviously you're not in college anymore, but you're fresh out. That people want to help college A students, so that's not necessarily you at this point. But I would oh, yeah. I would just say like the lean on the focus of looking to educate young athletes. Uh, I know you're a pro. I, my platform is for young athletes. Would love to get your thoughts on these three things or these five things, and like lay it out as simple. And I don't know if you had personal relationships with any of these people or not. When we work, you know, 99% of the time when we get a response back, we're going to them with some sort of value. Like what, whatever the value is. So in your case, it could mm -hmm. be something like, hey, we want to create some pieces you can use for your social media that have to do with finance. That, that yeah, yeah, it's on my platform, but, but I'm going to create some pieces for you to use on yours too. So maybe that's the, the play with it. Sometimes... Depending on how big of the athlete, it's better to go through management, which you can usually either find in a bio or just Google who their management team is and reach out to them mm -hmm. with the same pitch. Again, you're adding value. Like, what, you, what can you give to them? They don't, especially if they don't know you. Like, why, why would they talk? There's 8,000 people like you and us that reach out to a big name athlete every day. But why would they yeah. want to talk to you different than us or, you know, uh, Washington, post or whatever shit magazine 
newspaper. <laughs> what they want to do. I don't know if it's shit or not. That's yeah, not, not a political play. No, I'm just I, saying, yeah, like, I just think whatever. The, the value is obviously number one. Is what kind of value do they get? Because obviously people just they just like to do value. They need to see the value for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in most mm-hmm. cases, the other one is. Um, you got to think of it from like their standpoint of like how you're standing out in your approach too. So like, um, you know, customizing whether it's a DM or an email, even as, as little as like changing subject titles to say what you want or having something that will, you know, prompt them to open that email or see that DM, the first, you know, sentence or, or a word or two in the DM before they open it. It's something that might be custom, might be something that grabs their attention. Yeah. Because if they don't open it, if it's not eye ten, eye, eye grabbing, they're not opening, and then you're not getting the meeting or the call or whatever you want, basically. So they're not even yeah. getting to the bulk of it. So that's huge, uh, and something we've become very good at is crafting something. And, it, and oftentimes it takes a lot of research too. So if you don't know this athlete, if you don't know the person you're trying to reach out to as well as you think, do the research. You might find out that they have a, a, you know, his his wife went to your school or something like that. So there's your tie-in, you, yeah, you, and yeah. you lead with that essentially. So uh, the research around whoever you're trying to reach out to, kind of customize and craft your uh, message. Or, yeah, or other co- public conversations they've had if they talked about something like right. before. Maybe those are the people you lean on, focus on. Uh, LeBron has done some some kind. Of, I mean, LeBron would be impossible to get in touch with, probably, but maybe not. But. But he's talked about stuff like this, financial literacy. Uh, a guy like Kevin Hart, I just, no, I just heard him talk about Kevin he's Hart. A, he's yeah. not an athlete, but he's you know athlete adjacent. Yep, does his Nike stuff. Well, and, his, and they have a whole initiative with with Chase, with Chase and Kevin Hart, and they've included I think a handful Dude, he, of athletes into that. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. Even his whole pitch is going into black communities and talking about them. Like I just heard him talk about this on a podcast, and he was saying the head of Chase. They wanted to go in and have these conversations in inner city places. And he was like, you guys can't fucking do that. This billionaire white dude can't go in there. You can't have, one, you know, they're not going to listen to you just because of who you are probably. And two, you don't understand what it's like to to not have money or to not be able to pay the bills or to decide, hey, do I want to play the light bill or the electric bill this month and that kind of thing. So his whole thing is is specifically going in to minority dominant neighborhoods and speaking to the kids about financial literacy. So a guy like that might be, you know, our way to be included. Hey, I'm an athlete. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do. I love this aspect of that. Would love to be able to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I, I even think is even his, you know maybe the angle even is with that type of thing is going to chase. So finding who's associated with that campaign because there's going to be a couple different levels of marketing people. Yeah. And reaching out to them and say, I saw what you did. Here's my background. Maybe you want to have them on to talk about the finances because that's obviously very valuable and educational. But maybe through the back end, that's uh, the introduction that you yeah. get and wrap it all together. Even his his trainer boss, who's a former college athlete too, uh, I've DM'd him and we've met with him a handful of times, yeah. like two three times, based on stuff. And he's he's he does the stuff with Chase. He yep. does everything. If you know Kevin, if you look at his social, he's all over it. He's a part of it. And he has a, a good following too, and a former college athlete. So there's, there's other routes to go to talk to people like that. But I think number one is add value. Like how can you help me, the athlete? How can you help me get whatever I want out to that market? And it's going to be different when you reach out to me as opposed to Tim or, you know, person X. Just crafting that to, so they understand, all right, the values to me. And, and, it, and also there's, a, you know, there's so many people reaching out 
it's it's not only just being different, but, but knowing that like, all right, this is gonna be a quality conversation. It's not just another dude trying to waste my time and get some clout off my name, but there's there's actual, like really something to what he's trying to do. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Well, I definitely gotta work on personalizing those messages to reach the people that I'm actually going after. That really makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So my, uh, I guess my next question would be uh, about podcasting. Uh, like I said, I have a friend that's gonna be like the main, you know, host for my podcast, and number into my platform. And I just uh, would like to give you some tips, basically for me and him, because we're probably both gonna be on it doing and leading the segments on podcasting. So, you got any, uh, any specific tips? For that, uh, for that round, please. I think with podcasts in general is is create quality stuff and be consistent. You know, we've not been great at being consistent, but you know our <laughs> our podcast now. Like we, I had a baby eight months ago. He had a baby two weeks ago. Yeah. So there's been like reasons for some of that stuff. We're in quarantine yeah. now. We're together, you know. But you know, we right. didn't, we didn't see each other for six weeks or something. Yeah. And I didn't want to do Zooms at first like this, but now we are. Yeah, Pat, Pat was anti-Zooms for was. a year until if this didn't happen, I would have never done a Zoom. us to do Zooms. But, but putting out quality content, uh, finding out like, so our, our market in the podcast has changed. Our, our business model has changed since we first started the podcast a year and change ago. A year in, yeah, a year and, probably yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah. Starting our podcast. but So like crafting stuff that fits not only them, but crafting stuff that's going to work on our Instagrams, our, our uh, Twitter accounts. Like, how can we craft and, and find topics that are relevant to what we're doing? You know, if you look at our stuff the last month, our last three weeks specifically, is, is all about the college name image likeness stuff because that's what we're talking about on social media. That's what we're talking about here. And mm -hmm. it really is a whole full circle. So we can, the last conversation we had was just Tim and I, 20-minute podcast, I cut up five or six different pieces to use on social. So now those are talking mm -hmm. points. I'll go in then from there, I'll use that and I'll tag people in the post that we post about it. I've gotten just on my personal account, a, hand, a handful of important followers and a good amount of other followers just in general. Just people seeing what I'm posting. And important, I mean like college coaches, college athletes that are well known. Well known. Just from those pieces, those conversations, uh, so again, it's it's not just the one piece, but it's it's now become six different pieces because it's a full pod. Then the five small, I use it on my platform. Tim posts on his. We post on our, our business and BS Twitter and Instagram as well. Oh, well, that's definitely creative. I think uh, I think that's sort of similar to how uh, I think All the Smoke does there. They yeah. show uh, different parts of the podcast to drop people in. That's definitely, that's they do, definitely they smart. do, I yeah. mean, as good of, or maybe probably better than anybody else is they, they create, like they'll come out now, like the, with Steven Jackson's in Minnesota speaking, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like whatever they come out with next is going to be super topical. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a different perspective. It doesn't have to be a, a buttoned up ESPN perspective of, <laughs> you know, they can say like, this is fucking bullshit. They can do whatever they want to do, you know? Yeah. At, which is which makes that so great, and why it's of of I know they're retired athletes, but of an athlete podcast is one of the best out there. Yeah, that's definitely facts. So uh, you were talking about how you use uh, how you reach out to coaches and yeah. how you feel like the lightness and everything is going to change things for coaches. I personally, once I get done playing, that's one that's going to be one of the things that I want to transition into is coaching outside of my own business interests, investing in everything I'm doing. Yeah. So how do you think? 
coaches, you know, should be able to capitalize. Like, what do you think they should do to be able to capitalize on this, you know, this new wave of likeness that's coming up? Yeah, I think. Well, I think there's like three ways. You can you can punch in way we want. One is recruiting perspective. Uh, two is teaching and showcasing what you are as a coach. And then three, depending on where you are and what you want to do with it, and if it makes sense, is capitalizing on your, no, your own name, image, and likeness. That's not something college coaches do. Unless you're at the top, you're the Krzyzewskis of the world, you're the Nick Sabins, and you're, you're making massive deals with, you know, not only are you getting your Nike money, but you're with Nick Saban, State Farm. See, Aflac. Aflac. Yeah. You know, th- those big, big names do that, but most coaches don't do stuff like that. Uh, some will do camps, the obvious ones. But I, I think, so that's that's one aspect of it, is name, image, likeness of your yourself and what you do. Two, I think very few coaches showcase how they coach on their social media. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't, They don't. it's not, there's no, none of their process. They're not the, watching. The personality. Yeah, yeah. They're not showing personality. They're not showing the process of them actually coaching a player. They're not showing uh, game footage and breaking down, like, here's why. Person X did this, and here's why person Y did that. Uh, on defense, we didn't rotate. You know, we this guy should have rotated there. And showing you like what they like be like to work with on a day to day basis. I don't know why that doesn't happen more. I think that would be super important from a recruiting standpoint to show like here's here's who I am. You want to come play with me? Play for me. Here's what I'm gonna be like. These are this is how my mind works. This is what I see. And then you you know if you're getting practice footage and stuff like that, you might be able to see kind of what it's uh, what it's almost like to be able to actually be in a practice too, whether they're fiery or or they're super positive. And obviously, they're not going to post super negative stuff, but like, what are they like personality wise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think the recruiting is you know recruiting is number one. Yeah, that's that's hands down. But I, but I also think the education piece and stuff like that's part of that as well. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I think. Um, the where was I gonna go with that? The uh, the so so from your guys' standpoint, you and I mean your guys as as if you were a coach today. Um, I think that to showcase that you're forward thinking and thinking about yeah. the athlete and their own brand is going to be huge too. Um, and not mm-hmm. and but going back to that in the recruiting process too. So showing mom, dad, and athlete that you're forward thinking, you're thinking individually on how you can help them in their career, not just basketball. I think is going to be important yeah and what we when we've talked to college coaches part of what we're saying to them too is is it's not just okay kids are going to make money yeah some kids are going to make money some kids are going to make a ton of money some kids won't make a ton of money they'll make okay money but we're teaching them how to grow a business and learn a business process and how to market and all this stuff that's financial literacy like you're talking about all this stuff that's going to be super important outside of basketball Uh, you know 90 9% 9% of athletes, uh, basketball players, sp- sp- uh, specifically, easy for me to say, 99% of basketball players who go to college think they're going to go pro. I'm sure you know your teammates all thought you were going to go pro. Uh, the, but, the, the, uh, but realistically, that's just not going to happen. And we want to help yeah. teach. And, and if you're a coach, you should be help, helping them want to, or helping them learn all the other stuff as well, the process of all this uh, branding, marketing, uh, name, image, like this stuff. Yeah, I think uh, even though I could, we sort of had a, a rivalry uh, in college, being a rural, you know, rival schools, but Lavelle Moten, I don't know if you guys uh, know about him, but Lavelle Moten, he's, he's a great self-brander, 
and he okay. he's won many maybe one just now aren't into self promoting self brainers. They sort of like um, they feel they feel some tor- some type of hate towards it because I know uh, my coach personally uh, they they're like good friends, but he also like talks about how he's you know very arrogant and cocky, you know the guy is. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess it's sort of like you know some type of animosity towards those type of coaches. This sort of try to steer working that within their own little coaching realm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a, one of my college buddies, football uh, college coaching buddies. He reached out to me and said, "Hey, I need help with branding, but I don't want to be one of those lame ass dudes." And I get that. <laughs> you know, that's there. There are guys that do it in an arrogant way, in a in a, a a way that turns you off. But I think there's more like how I said it, where you know you can work on your branding and talk about your coaching and your style and what you do and actually show that pop on game film and then take me through a play or take me through a series mm-hmm. you know show me those kind of things uh there's i'm sure you not every school but most schools have footage of practice well, mic up one of the coaches one day and there have the you know the video team say hey, mic me up i want to get some footage of me talking today or or in a camp setting you know there's there's those opportunities uh down the line and within what they're doing and what you would be doing as a coach, there's opportunities all the time to be able to do that and not do it in an arrogant way. Also, I know it's like a looked down upon thing within the coaching circles, but I think if, if you can make it not be so overtly uh, arrogant and, and more just be like, hey, here's, what, here's who I am and here's what I do, I think that can be super beneficial. Okay. So, uh I guess obviously the last last question I have for you guys you already gave me so much great information. I'm definitely gonna be keeping track of this stuff in my notes. But um, I guess uh, it's about my my Instagram or just social media in general. Like how how do you feel like athletes just start looking at their social media? Should they look at it differently? Because me personally, once I started my brand, I went into my Instagram analytics and I saw my follow. We lost you. Yeah. Hold on, you're breaking up. Say that again. Uh, I mean, I want to say HBCU. Hold on, say, hold on. Say, say that again because you broke up. So you're talking about your analytics. You went into your social media analytics. Said so as soon as you switched and then it uh, cut off. Oh, okay. So I was saying that um, I, when I started my platform, I went to my Instagram ad. And I went to HBCU. I had like three one girls to guys. So a lot of my followers ended up being... And a lot of beautiful black women, and okay. then I, when I saw the people monitoring on my Instagram brand, they, they really weren't interested in the actual stuff that I was talking about. Interested in you know just me, you know, being adjusted at this point. Yeah. But um, I, I was like, actually, do you think that athletes should start being aware of you know like who who they who they're following or who they follow, like you know, to be able to capitalize more on their social media uh, social media grasp, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think you you. I mean, there's there's a couple ways to think of it. You know, we've worked with different athletes. All right, that's why. See, that's that's my girl calling me. I told her we were in a podcast. I'll let her know. Still on podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, so so for one for one one girl we work with, attractive girl. So she gets tons of dudes. Uh, but you know, she doesn't want her market to be just guys that follow because of that. And I think part of it is, it, you know, you're a good looking dude. You're just gonna have females that are into you, whatever. Um, but, but what you're saying will hopefully attract 
other people and the people that you want them a part of it. And also there's going to be people that are going to drop off because they're like, ah, I just want him posting, you know, shirtless pics at the beach, you know, where you want to be talking about financial literacy for athletes. So you, that'll, that'll change, you know, put out the content to attract the people that you want to attract. I think it's the easiest way to say that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that, and that, you know, that's that, you know, what also happens too is like, all right, you start your platform, you start doing and talking about different stuff than you talked about six months ago. You're going to lose followers. It's just going to happen. There's going to be people that don't care, but I'm not an athlete. I don't care about that. Like I'm, I'm in finance school. I just thought you were kind of cute. Like whatever your, your content is not mine, you know, and that, that hurts people sometimes where they see their, their likes and their comments go down. They're like, Oh shit. Now I need to post that thing to get them back there where it's like, Screw that. Do it. Do it. Do what you want to do, um, so you can attract the the type of market that you want to have in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> so I'm definitely uh, thinking about that for a while. Like I, I realized, like obviously from the first video, people were, you know were sort of surprised by uh, my injury and me starting the platform and everything. So the first video got a lot of traction, a lot of views. And I, I look back at you know it was like a thousand. You know, views and I, I got about I have like a two thousand Instagram followers. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then when the views started going down, like two hundred, three hundred to one hundred, you know, I was like, wow. So, like, I'm promoting it a lot through Instagram. I'm like, do they really care about this? And I realized, like, I mean, the people that I'm marketing to, or whatever, those are the ones that matter. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't really. Matter. I mean, even just for us, you know, when we used to talk, you know, seven, eight years ago, five, five, seven years ago, we were more on just the fitness side, and then it was like general branding side and now it's athlete all i'm talking about on my personal is athletes specifically so there's people that followed me seven years ago who were into me because i was talking about fitness and our fitness app that we had now those people still follow me some of them do and they don't give a shit about what you know a college athlete's gonna make next year they don't care and they might unfollow they might not see it i don't you know i don't care it doesn't hurt my feelings right now i'm trying to speak directly to college athletes or pro athletes who are looking to to make money off branding, marketing, and social media. So I, you know, I don't care about the numbers dropping. I don't care if it's 50 views I get on a video. If that's the right 50, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. I appreciate you guys, man. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I'll, I'll post this on our platforms, our Business and BS podcast, and uh, you know, you can take some of this and use it yourself too if you want. From, from that perspective, mm-hmm. so you've got content, and then you can always DM and we can talk and maybe do something on your your platform too. Yeah, definitely, I could, like I said, I got the podcast. I'm probably gonna have you guys be in one of the uh, first Deal. guests, you know, of that uh, segment when it, you know, transform. Cause I definitely, uh, even though I know you guys aren't celebrities yet, but I, I see you guys being ah. celebrities soon. Yeah, you know, <laughs> next Joe Rogan's podcast, man, because you got session quality content and i'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh the growth i appreciate Appreciate it appreciate it thanks for coming on we'll talk soon